to tell It's gonna be a great Noel It's the Advent Calendar House Muffins, black and smurfs And even Garfield's Halloween We're gonna take a trip down memory Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, the official holiday podcast for people who still want to hula hoop. <laughs> it's another Scrooge Sunday, and our Christmas in July reunion tour revisiting characters we've covered before has now arrived in Hollywood, or at least a nearby cartoon suburb, in 1989. So get set to have some fun with Alvin and the Chipmunks in Merry Christmas, Mr. Carol. <laughs> I am gray-haired, millennia-old Christmas ghost, but somehow also your adoptive father, Mike Westfall. And joining me is the future's most festive astronaut. Please welcome back Tommy Coombs. Hey, Tom. Hey, how's it going, Mike? I just want to say that uh, hopefully my child never gives me a pencil for uh, my Christmas, but I won't accept it anyway. <laughs> Out of the kindness of your fatherly heart. Mm-hmm. And staring through a magical rip in space-time at himself, singing about himself, it's Sean Sotka from the Christmas Podcast Podcast. Hi, Sean. Hi, Mike. Thank you. All these presents are just for me. This present's for me. Everything's for me. And I need about 40 pounds scarfing down the food. <laughs> Looked a little more than 40 in that clip, but we'll get to that. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Thank you both for coming back for this one. Thanks for having me, Mike. Of course. Absolutely. This is an episode I remember watching as a kid and then forgot about. But before I go on about that, I want to know if you had both watched this before this year. And we will start with Tom. I wouldn't say I was a huge Alvin the Chipmunks fan, but I was pretty big into Alvin the Chipmunks. I remember watching this on whatever syndication, whichever syndicated station it came on. I think it was our WPHL. Um, Might have been. It was either that or or, uh, or NBC, NBC 10. Yeah. Or was and, it 10? It might have been three at the time. Anyway. Yeah, that was, I remember when NBC they switched was, for no yeah. reason. Yeah, it was so weird. Anyway, um, but yeah, I definitely watched this as, an, as a kid. I watched the, the, um, the Chipmunks as a kid. I always preferred the 60s series after I discovered it because I re- would remember Nickelodeon got the rights to that. Oh, yeah. And after discovering the 60s one, I kind of didn't like the new one as much because <laughs> I didn't like their designs and I didn't like the Chipettes. And Dave looked like the illegitimate brother of Prince Eric from the Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> he does! I actually have a story. Oh? Um, for Christmas 92 or 93, in my stocking, one of the presents was on cassette tape, uh, the Chipmunks Christmas album, which had everything from the Christmas song to white Christmas and white Christmas was like a Dave Seville singing one. And it was like, it was so sad, but I remember we used to play the crap out of that during the Christmas trips uh, in our car. My dad hated it. so much. <laughs> But yeah, I, I finally remember Alvin the Chipmunks, but I do not remember this episode, which I assume I watched it. 
But this is one of those few 80 shows that has not earned a revisit for me because I didn't. And watching it today, I stand by that choice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Sean, do you remember watching this episode before? It, it's like you said, Mike, it's something that I, I think I remembered it because I actually have it on DVD with uh, Chipmunk Christmas and Dave's Wonderful Life. And when I saw this on that uh, DVD, it kind of rung a bell that I had seen it before, but I just, I cannot place where it went because by that time I was uh, almost nearing an adult. So not that I really want to remember that when you're in the eighties, almost an adult, they're going to kind of rib you for watching cartoons. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They but when I, when I watched this on the DVD, I remembered it and it didn't really stick to, cause it's not really my absolute chipmunk, favorite chipmunk, but I mean, I didn't mind it. So, yeah, it, it it holds up as well as it's going to hold up for an 80s chipmunks cartoon. But before I watched this episode for the podcast, I wasn't sure if I had seen it before. But once it got going, I remembered it. I guess I forgot about it until a couple of years ago after I covered a chipmunk Christmas with you, Sean. Yep. There's a link to that episode in the show notes if you want to listen to that first. But very briefly... A Chipmunk Christmas was the Chipmunks' first TV special in years, and that led to this cartoon series becoming a thing, and it lasted through the rest of the 80s into 1990. So Merry Christmas, Mr. Carol, first aired Saturday morning, December 16th, 1989, on NBC. So if I wasn't with my girlfriend at the time, I could have possibly seen it when it aired. Okay. Ooh. I couldn't find this streaming on any of the usual platforms. Mm -mm. Not on Peacock, at least not this season. I don't know. It might have had a season or two, or it might have been the old Alvin show from the 60s. But this was really late into the run of the 80s Alvin and the Shipmunk show. Because I did eventually find it on the Internet Archive. And as of this recording, it's still there. Uh, it's listed as season seven, episode 13, and that happens to make it the season finale, even though cartoons didn't really do season finales back then. Yeah. But notably, this is the last episode of the show before its final season was rebranded. The Chipmunks go to the movies. Oh, <laughs> and each episode was a movie parody. I remember I had uh, we ran the Batmunk VHS one time. Yeah, I think that was an episode. They did a Back to the Future one. Uh, there was a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids one, which was a new movie then, and they cranked that out quickly. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I remember those. I done, never watched them because by that time, I can agree with Tom. The, the, the animations and all that stuff were just not what they used to be. And my, like I said, my penultimate would be the Chipmunk Christmas, the, the first Christmas episode that they had aired. Um, and then the the older ones obviously are just classics. So yeah. yeah, I never really got into all those other spoofs that they did, even though I am well aware of them. Well, that show's still going. They have like it's a CGI animated one mm -hmm. that started sometime in the mid 2010s, and it is still cranking out new episodes on Nickelodeon. Yeah, so they're they're still making bank on the Chipmunks, but. Let's get started with this Scrooge Sunday. Alvin is our Scrooge figure here, and boy, is this going to be an over-the-top Scrooge figure. <laughs> why, why, why you put it so nicely? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We open on a very tall Christmas tree surrounded by palm trees. Chipmunks don't live in New York anymore like they did in the Chipmunk Christmas. They're in Hollywood now. <laughs> but even young pop stars have to go to school, and we see Alvin, Simon, and Theodore leaving theirs on the last day before their holiday break. But unfortunately for Alvin, he's got homework to do. It's not something that was assigned to do over the break. Alvin just didn't turn it in yet. Yeah, my ad is like, they're like, Alvin, you have until Christmas Eve to turn this in. So is he supposed to get to the school while it's closed or is the teacher not going to be there? I think that's what he has to do. In the show, it's called Edison School. At least that's what it says on a sign that we see. Mm. So, of course, I had to look up and see if there was really an Edison school somewhere in Southern California. And I found one. It's a public school. It's Thomas Edison Middle School in South Central L.A. So I'm not sure if that's where this is. Ooh. And I don't know where the chipmunks live in relation to anything, but it's close enough that they can ride their bikes to and from school. Mm -hmm. So they're definitely not in New York anymore because there is no snow. No snow. We see palm trees as it opens. It could be Haddonfield, Illinois. <laughs> Haddonfield, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy and I grew up near Haddonfield, New Jersey. Which um, is where Haddonfield from Halloween got its name from. Right. <laughs> I, I like to tell people I went to high school in the real Haddonfield. So he has until Christmas Eve to write this essay on the true meaning of Christmas. So, yeah, he says it's due on Christmas Eve. But I mean, that's a that's a trope in a lot of these, but not very realistic because I don't even think teachers want to be there on Christmas Eve. Yeah, no, <laughs> this is before email kids. They couldn't just hand it in over the computer. You had to physically write a paper and turn it in. But, you know, good for the teacher for uh, standing up, not giving in to a uh, pop star being like, I'll give you a little break. No, you, she needs it now or tomorrow. You need it by Christmas Eve. Yeah, well, in here, Simon tells us. She gave us the assignment three weeks ago, Alvin. Three weeks isn't enough time to write an entire page. I mean, and I feel like that sometimes writing notes for the show, but. <laughs> I mean, Ralphie could do better in a Christmas story. Yeah. <laughs> so Alvin admits the day before he has to hand in this assignment is especially not enough time when he's preoccupied with trying to figure out everything he wants for Christmas. Which, wait, Alvin, Christmas is two days away and you don't have a big long list ready to go? Yeah. Seeing how Alvin acts in this episode, I'm surprised that uh, he didn't have it ready yet. The The report is one thing. The list is totally not out of character for Alvin. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't have like five copies already made or five. Or I should actually say five tombs already made of his Christmas list. Right. Those lists go out on Thanksgiving, Alvin. What have you been doing? Well, it, we'll get into it. But uh, at one point he says he'll have it done in May. But that apparently not. We haven't co we haven't come to that part yet. So. Not yet. No. So they're biking home. And as they do so, we cut to the home of the titular Mr. Carroll. I've been thinking maybe I'd call him Buster and Bob. <laughs> You're right, Ebenezer. Giving them names would be mighty silly. Guess I was just trying to make it seem a little less lonely around here. So. We've already talked about the voices of the chipmunks in the past. 
You have Ross Bagnasarian Jr. Uh, voicing Alvin, Simon, and Dave, while his wife, Janice Carmen, voices Theodore. Mr. Carroll is voiced by Tom Watkins, who was an associate producer for the show. So he just provided additional voices as needed for most of its run. And that makes up the biggest portion of his filmography on IMDb. Only two other credits, non-chipmunks related on there. He was several characters in a 1985 animated movie called Star Chaser, The Legend of Orin. That actually sounds familiar, but I don't know what it is. It sounds fascinating, but I've never seen it. And he also voiced a priest in an animated home video about the day the sun danced, the true story of Fatima. <laughs> which I have also never seen, but but I know the story of that. <laughs> anyway, Mr. Carroll is an older man in a Mr. Rogers-style cardigan, planting some flowers on his lawn, but he just kind of digs up a patch of grass and sticks flowers there. <laughs> if it works. And I'll be the first to admit, I am not good with gardening. My dad is great. He's got the greenest thumb I know. And based on what he has done, I can say with confidence that Mr. Carroll is terrible at gardening. <laughs> I bet you I got it worse. I mean, I've killed a cactus, so. <laughs> okay, but you're not, you're not out there going, I want six random assorted flowers right here. None of them will be the same kind. I just need them to exist on the very edge of my lawn next to the sidewalk. To be honest, it sounds like something I would do in my <laughs> younger days, but <laughs> no. These are not Mr. Carroll's younger days. <laughs> he even thinks about naming the flowers. He's like, I think I'll name them Buster and Bob. Admitting to his cat, it's so he feels less lonely. His cat, by the way, is named Ebenezer. Oh, yeah. So I could see some kids watching this thinking, oh, this is going to be our Scrooge character. And the chipmunks maybe help him repent somehow by dressing up like Christmas ghosts. Mm -hmm. But I know better. I know Alvin's already totally Scrooge. <laughs> Anybody who's watched the chipmunks more than two or three episodes know it's going to be Alvin. Oh, yeah. I thought they were setting up for Mr. Carroll, even with the name, for him to be the Scrooge character, not some old lonely guy that Alvin's, Alvin is a dick to. Right. Alvin's already told us he's preoccupied with making a list, not of what he wants for Christmas, but of people he needs to tell what he wants for Christmas. Aye. And that's what's on his mind as he's riding his bike right over Mr. Carroll's six flowers flinging mud on him as he goes, and that makes the old man rightly shout, Hey! Watch where you're going! What a grouch! Doesn't that old guy know anything about Christmas spirit? Terrible. Terrible chipmunk. <laughs> and Alvin's, of course, oblivious to what he did, so he thinks that Mr. Carroll's in the wrong. Yeah. yeah. Gee, that sounds vaguely familiar for these days. Hmm. It's just, sheesh, what a grouch. So the chipmunks get home, and right away, Simon and Theodore, who've already handed in their essays, I guess, get to work on their Christmas gifts for Dave. Alvin, of course, is planning to give a picture of himself to Dave as a Christmas present. How generous. Fits right along with Alvin, though. Oh, yeah. Was it a signed picture? <laughs> I hope it's signed. I hope he signs it and just brings it downstairs and gives it to Dave. To Dave, have a great weekend, Alvin. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's Alvin, though. I could even see him just saying, here, Dave, here you go. And just 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 a regular old picture, too. Not even signed. That would be right up Alvin's alley. 
Here it is. Put it right in the living room. I mean, technically, though, if my daughter gave me a, a picture of her, I would cherish it. But then again, she's not the type to be like Alvin, where it's like, hey, so here's something for you to enjoy. Your daughter's a year old. Yeah. She, she doesn't have that kind of personality yet. Yeah. We're getting there. At that age, at that age, you're getting all the pictures you need. You That's right. You're coveting those pictures. Yes. Oh, yeah. you're, you are starstruck. Now, are, you, are you setting up uh, Simon's present? Yes. So first we get a peek of what Simon is making for Dave. It's an automatic sock sorting machine. <laughs> that thing, I would. It's the thought that counts. But where is he going to put that? That thing is so big. The, yeah, that's that's the one thing. Well, next to the next to the dryer, I guess, because that's where I keep losing socks. Well, we, you've seen the size of that house that they got. They could probably have a room just solely for socks. Oh, yeah. Simon's in that room. They're down in the basement. I'm guessing that's where they do the laundry. Yeah. And the machine looks like this tiny water wheel with socks hanging on each spoke of it. And that somehow sorts them. I, I would fully expect part of the uh, PB Herman breakfast machine song to play. It kind of looks <laughs> like that. <laughs> 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 Just socks flying everywhere and then neatly folded. But Dave calls for Simon, who quickly shuts the basement door so Dave doesn't accidentally see what Simon's making. But instead of saying, hey, I'm working on your Christmas gift and it's a surprise, he shoves Dave out the door and locks it. (laughs) Simon, what are you doing in there? Nothing. Because that doesn't seem suspicious at all. No. (laughs) You got a genius at work working in a basement where you probably have chemicals and all that stuff. (laughs) That doesn't seem suspicious at all. No. There's a lot more profanity coming from the basement than usual. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, and Dave's not allowed in the kitchen either, and because that's where Theodore is decorating gingerbread cookies. And I think they're supposed to look like Dave because Theodore has decorated them each with pants and a white shirt with little buttons. Something Dave does not wear. He, he usually wears a sweater in this cartoon. But... A retro Dave from the 60s cartoon wore a white shirt. He did have a white shirt. (laughs) And also, Dave, apparently, when he was done in the basement, he went outside because he tries to come in through the back door. Yeah. He got lost. It's a big house. (laughs) I'm outside now. (laughs) How'd I get out here? That's a good impression. (laughs) And then then in the kitchen, you've got the the more absent-minded of the chipmunks in there with fire and gas and whatever it is to, yeah, that doesn't seem suspicious either. Theodore's at home in the kitchen though. He he's a good cook. So that's the one place where he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think of it that way. So anywhere else, give him the, like the chemical set that Simon has. Yeah. Leave, get, stay away from that fire, but, (laughs) but the oven he's, he seems to have a handle on, thankfully. Meanwhile, we find Alvin in his room working on his very long Christmas list. It's so long he's writing it on a literal scroll, <laughs> which, you know, he has. Kind of remind me, we rolled out too of uh, the Looney Tunes Christmas. Yes. Where Bugs Bunny has that list and it just goes, rolls on and he's like reading. <laughs> right. Yeah. And this one like rolls down the stairs. Yep. And Dave trips over it. And that prompts Dave to go up and inform Alvin he's late for his paper route. Did either of you have a paper route? Nope. Yep. I actually did have one. 
I didn't. I, I remember wanting one when I, but I was too young. And by the time I was old enough, I guess I didn't want one of them anymore. I don't know. I played the video game Paperboy and I was very <laughs> bad at it. Yeah, but they made it seem like Paperboys were always a thing as a kid. I don't think I ever saw one in my neighborhood. Like it was always them dropping it off from a car or something. Yeah. Yeah, they started doing that shortly after I had my route. So okay. you guys are probably just too young to really have actual paper boys. You're more, everything was delivered by car or something. So, but yeah, we go around on the bikes. Uh, we'd have to right after school, Monday through Friday. And then you'd have to get up at old dark 30 in the morning on Saturday and Sunday and go deliver them. Okay. So it is normal for him to do it after school. I didn't know if they had to get up early, deliver the papers and then go to school. And this was also back in the day when there was like a morning paper and an evening paper, right? Oh yeah. Well, it depends upon where, I mean, I could see that in California where they're at, but where I was in Wisconsin here that we just had the afternoon one for the one and then the early morning ones on the weekends. And that was it. Okay. So, but we're a smaller town than probably what Alvin and them are in. So I could see them having two there. But me playing that Paperboy video game actually looks a lot like Alvin delivering his papers. Because he just flings them from his bike and they land on the roof of one house, in a doghouse at another one. One falls in a swimming pool. Oh. It lands on the guy and the guy and the paper both go in the pool. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> uh, there were no breakdancers in this scene or grim reapers. No, yeah. He's not being chased by death yet. But <laughs> <laughs> his sense of urgency isn't that his customers are waiting. It's that if he's not home by five o'clock to finish his list and mail it, his grandma and grandpa won't get it in time and will have no idea what he wants for Christmas. Which, again... It's supposed to be the day before Christmas Eve. We know his grandparents are arriving by plane because Dave and Simon go to the airport to get them. You're not mailing anything to anyone at this point. I don't think the writers of this kind of thought that all the way through. No. No, definitely not. But they're really like hammering home that Alvin's just super greedy. Like they did so a little bit in the chipmunk Christmas, but then you had the, oh, there's a sick kid. I'm going to give him my most prized possession. So it, it was nothing even remotely like this. Yeah, he had a little bit of it. He was I would, more towards egotism in a chipmunk Christmas versus greedy like in this. Yeah. Yeah, because as soon as he saw Tommy in that one, he wasn't even thinking of himself where in this one it takes forever. Oh, yeah. No, it was his supposed greed. And that was just a misunderstanding on Dave's part. Right. Well, yeah, that's after he met Tommy. I mean, because he did have the, the song. I hope uh, he said something about gifts for me under the tree in the song. Oh, that's beginning right. of that yeah. one. So oh. that was that was like the most greed you saw in that one. Yeah, Versus that was it. Here, it's like, uh, man, he can make the most greedy child look like a saint. Yeah, it's cranked up to 11 here. And of course, one of his paper route customers is Mr. Carroll, and his paper lands on the other side of his lawn, away from his six flowers, but in a birdbath. So Mr. Carroll has had enough. The old man throws his rake like a javelin and launches it perfectly in between the spokes of Alvin's bike tire. <laughs> This old man is this secret Olympic level javelin thrower. I love it. So Mr. Carroll tells Alvin he wants his paper and Alvin disgruntledly tries to wring out the copy that landed in the birdbath. But nope, 
He wants a dry one. And then you get another trope of cartoons. Yeah, but that was the last paper. Whoa. So Mr. Carroll gives Alvin till sundown, and if he doesn't have his paper by then, he's going straight to your father. Dave can't fire him. (laughs) (laughs) But it's already late in the afternoon, and all the papers everywhere are sold out. So Alvin has to ride through the city and thankfully finds one someone else threw away. So he rides back, quietly drops it off at Mr. Carroll's front doorstep, and just goes home. Only for the clock in the foyer to strike five, meaning he's too late to mail his precious Christmas list to Grandma and Grandpa Sibyl, whom he calls two of his major suppliers of Christmas presents. Now, I feel that, um, because he was like, they're my two major suppliers. Of Christmas presents, something tells you that the network was like, put the uh, of Christmas presents in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry, was that a drugs joke in the cartoon for children? And uh, a year or two later, there would be in a cartoon All Stars to the Rescue. Yeah, <laughs> that was their that was their community service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Alvin is very upset. And says it's all Mr. Carroll's fault that he didn't get home in time to tell his grandparents what he wants for Christmas. I don't think I ever gave a Christmas list to my grandparents, did you? No. No. I think they all got it from our parents. Yeah. Yeah, there was that. Yeah, I never got a bad gift from my grandparents, but. I would give it to my parents who then would give it to Santa. The only gift I really remember getting from my grandma, she always got me gifts, but the big one I remember getting was I had a Game Gear as a kid, and she got me Last Action Hero for it. <laughs> nice. Was that any good? I didn't play that game. It, it was not that good. It was based off the Arnold <laughs> oh. movie. Were you Arnold, or were you the kid? You were Ar- Arnold. Okay. Yeah, I guess like, that would be a weird game if you were the kid. So here's where Dave has to remind Alvin, and I feel like he has to remind him every year, that Christmas is much more than presents. At least this year, he doesn't make them all recite that corny poem he wrote. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> so Dave, Simon, and Theodore are now decorating the tree. But Alvin's not in the mood, not even for one of Theodore's gingerbread Daves that he offers him. So instead, Alvin heads up to his room to, quote, lie in the dark. So he's sitting in bed feeling sorry for himself, and he remembers, oh no, tomorrow's Christmas Eve. Not only is that cutting it close with his grandparents, but he also has an essay due. Hey, remember that plot? <laughs> sure don't. <laughs> well, that's where they drop the suspenseful music and cut to commercial. Christmas Eve! My essay on the true meaning of Christmas is due tomorrow! Alvin and the Chipmunks will return after these messages. Dude, the Chipmunks are coming to Target. 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 Chipmunks are coming to Target. Simon, the Chipmunks are coming to Target. Alvin, we are the Chipmunks. Oh. Join the Chipmunks at Target. Get a free activity poster and a chance to win in the Chipmunk sweepstakes. Hi, I'm Justin. And I'm Amy. And we're the hosts of the Cool Kids Club podcast, a new show dedicated to everything we love and remember from our shared childhoods. 
Every episode, we will take you on a nostalgia-fueled journey back to the glory days of the 80s, 90s, and beyond. Whether it's toys, pop culture, junk food, or fashion, no topic is too cool for the Cool Kids Club. So check out the Cool Kids Club podcast with America's favorite siblings, Justin and Amy, coming very soon wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cool Kids Club Pod. We now return to Alvin and the Chipmunks. And when we return after those messages to Alvin actually attempting to start his essay... It's now nine o'clock, according to the digital clock on his desk, and he's got pencil and paper out. Can I say something here about the scene? Yeah. The music, when it comes back, I forget if that was real transition music from Alvin the Chipmunks or usual transition music, but it sounded like it could be from like a Christmas movie. The true meaning of Christmas is, is, my mind's a blank. Yeah, it could. That's the one thing that stuck with me. It's not like real Christmas, like music where like, not like Christmassy, but like, you know, transition music from like something like the Grinch or Rudolph, something like that. Yeah. I hear it now that you're saying very festive. Yeah. But Alvin's got pencil and paper out because that's how we used to have to write an essay, children. <laughs> Writer's cramp. Gotta love it. Yeah. My daughter had a thing due this week, and she just did it on her iPad and emailed it because we live in the future. Uh. Also, we see Simon's bed empty behind him. I guess Alvin's brothers are sleeping somewhere else tonight so he can work on this essay. Yeah, Alvin probably kicked them out. Or they're still working on Dave's gift. Maybe oh. that could be it, too. At least Simon is. Theodore should be done by now. Unless he ate half of what he made. and Oh, I need to make some more for uh, Dave. Oh, <laughs> better, no. better make some more. <laughs> That that with the classic Theodore. Yep. <laughs> but why can't Alvin go write this in the dining room or something? They've got a big enough house. Yeah. Weird thing Alvin's doing, though. He gets as far as the true meaning of Christmas is, declares his mind's a blank, crumples up an entire page in his notebook that he didn't even write one whole sentence on, despite the fact that he's writing in pencil. <laughs> With what appears to be a really large eraser on the end of it, because they had to show it clearly for the uh, ink and paint guys. (laughs) Just erase the sentence, Alvin. But no, we fast forward nearly three hours, and now there's a whole mountain of crumpled up wads of paper on his desk. Another classic trope. Can't think of what to write you. Crumple it up and start over. Yeah. He's writing in pencil. (laughs) But make sure that there's a big pile. So wasteful, and Alvin's made no progress. But I saw those big wads of crumpled up paper on his desk. Tom, this past Christmas was your first as a dad, right? Yes, it was. Did you have that trash bag ready to go? I had it ready to go. All right. (laughs) Make sure I I took pictures of it after it was full. (laughs) (laughs) My first big trash bag. It's such a weird dad thing that's become a Christmas tradition in the last, oh, about 80 years or so if we go by a Christmas story. It's like, all right, presents are unwrapping. Hey, where's the trash bag? Where's the trash bag? <laughs> you need oh, no. to have that trash bag. <laughs> Gotta have it. When we first started doing Christmas, uh, when I was previously married with the kids, I mean, it's the first thing we'd get before we even start opening. Okay, get that trash bag out. Yep. Or my mom's my mom's uh, boyfriend at the time, he'd bring over these big, huge and like 50, at least 55 gallon. Yeah, uh, the big black bags. trash bag, not a, not he, a kitchen trash bag. 
No, it was a big, big, big bag. He'd bring that and because he'd take the paper and go burn it at his in his shop. So. Oh, all right. <laughs> See, he's at least recycling it for a good cause. Yeah. So you have the big boys. But I digress. Alvin finally has had a breakthrough. If he can't figure out what the true meaning of Christmas is, he'll write about an example of what it's not. And he starts writing about his grumpy old neighbor, Mr. Carroll. But just as he gets this idea, he starts to nod off. Oh, boy. Wakes up at the stroke of midnight and turns around to find an old man riding on a sparkly cloud floating into his bedroom window. (laughs) Old man yells from cloud. It's the spirit of Christmas past. And he looks and sounds a lot like Dave, except he's got shaggy white Doc Brown hair. I've come to show you Christmas as it should be. I knew it wasn't for a fashion show. Alvin. Yeah, he. I usually think of the Ghost of Christmas Past as like a younger type, and I felt like when I first saw this episode, I was like, "Oh, I guess this wasn't a Christmas Carol." The whole way through, I guess it was just like you know, the chipmunks doing their own thing. See, as Dave looked so old. Or he's supposed to. Like, he doesn't look like an old man, except for the fact that now his hair is white. Yeah. It's a weird look. But this ghost has come to show Alvin Christmas as it should be, and Alvin tells him he's got the wrong guy. Mr. Carroll's the one who doesn't know what Christmas is all about. But with an eerie, echoey, Alvin! (laughs) The not-Dave ghost grabs Alvin by the shirt, flies out the window with him, all the way to Dave's old house at the edge of the woods the chipmunks used to live in when they were little. I don't know why this made me really sad. I don't know why. Well, you know I had to go back and see if this was the same house as the one that we saw when Dave first finds the chipmunks on his doorstep as babies. And it is. Wow. Yeah, they they made it as accurate as they could. But did you all see that special that it was called a chipmunk reunion where they go and find their mom? No, I don't think I've seen that one. That was from a few years before in 1985. It was it was a legit TV special and they couldn't figure out like which exact date their birthday was and that ended with a let's go search for our mother and they find her and they reunite with her and she explains the story of why she gave them up and the short of it is it was a long winter in the woods and she couldn't feed them. So she mm-hmm. left them on the doorstep of a nice man that saved her once or like gave her food once oh man that's heartbreaking <laughs> but uh <laughs> but it but it looks like the same house was not expecting this level of continuity from alvin and the chipmunks but <laughs> i guess ross jr certainly did so well to me though dave and the chipmunks don't look any younger than what they do in the normal part of this at least to me they didn't look any no younger. they just look shorter yeah, that's what I got. Like, they sound the same, but they just look small. Yeah, no, it's not like a Muppet Baby situation. They just look a little bit shorter. As we peer into the window at Alvin's younger self with Simon and Theodore playing with toys on Christmas morning. And Alvin addresses the ghost of Christmas past as Dave. Yeah. And he says they were so poor, the chipmunks couldn't afford to get Dave any really great presents. And the spirit answers as Dave. I remember that Christmas. We were so poor, we couldn't afford to get you really great presents. Alvin, that's not true. They were wonderful presents. Yeah. (laughs) 
It's like, Dave, you're bringing continuity here. If that really is you, Dave. <laughs> right. It was it was a little confusing. Usually when TV shows do a Christmas Carol and the ghosts of Christmas appear as other characters from that show, they insist, no, Alex P. Keaton, I'm not your sister, Jennifer. I'm the ghost of Christmas past. But this version is acknowledging that he is also Dave. Yeah. This is his side hustle. <laughs> Tell me you're Dave without telling me you're Dave. <laughs> yes. Because he says this was the night he wrote the Christmas song. He means the chipmunk song, but he says the Christmas song. Um, real tangent for you guys. Do you guys call it the Christmas song or the chipmunk song? It's the chipmunk song. I call it the chipmunk song. The Christmas song is chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Yep. The Christmas song is Mel Tomorrow's song. Yep. I call that one chestnuts roasting on an open fire, but I call the chipmunks one the chipmunks Christmas song. I mean, we all know what we're talking about. But yeah. 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 It is just the chipmunk song. From what you said, Tom, yeah, I I know exactly which, either way, I know which song you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And sure enough, we see the Dave of the past is very thankful for the chipmunk's gifts of a pencil and eraser and a piece of staff paper for writing sheet music. And immediately he brings the staff paper to the piano and writes the chipmunk song. No... No. There! That's it! I don't know about you, but I don't think I could come up with something that quick. I yeah. sure couldn't. That's why That's why he's the talent. During the song, we get a montage of them having a really nice Christmas day together, including making so much Jiffy Pop, it basically snows popcorn in their kitchen. And like Goofy would do. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> him like shaking his behind yeah. like you have the stack of popcorn um also they would have to sit on this song for a whole year because they're not gonna want it like after christmas no they probably i mean usually they start recording christmas albums in the summer yeah so and then Dave reads them a story that's apparently so awesome, Theodore, in a fit of joy, tosses his bowl of popcorn in the air, and the popcorn forms a perfect chain around their tree. Yeah, it does. I think the ghost took some liberties here. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's a dream, so. And yeah, well. So Dave, the ghost dad, explains to Alvin his presents were better than some expensive thing because they came from the heart. And then he says it's time to go, but Alvin wants to stay because his younger self is having so much fun. But no, it's time for the spirit of Christmas present. And Alvin immediately goes, ooh, present like gift? Well, at the end of that one day, you could see him turning. Yeah. To not be so greedy. Also, when he says present, boom, he's right back to the same greed. Yeah, he's back. Right. We were making such progress and then nope. We fade back to Alvin's room, where he still appears to be asleep and humming the chipmunk song next to his giant mountain of paper. When from underneath a pile of books next to Alvin's bed, for some reason, he needed an entire encyclopedia set to write this one paper. Was it next to his bed or was it on his bed? I thought it was. Oh, you're right. They were on on his bed. bed. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a pile of books on his bed to write this essay about what the meaning of Christmas is. Needs the whole encyclopedia to do that. 
And out from underneath of that pile emerges the spirit of Christmas present, and it's Theodore in a Santa suit. I'm the spirit of Christmas present. I don't deliver Christmas presents. You look pretty good, I thought. He does, but here's what bugs me. We all know the ghost of Christmas present is supposed to look like Father Christmas, so I get the Santa suit. I get the connection there, but he's supposed to be wearing a green robe. Right. In the original story, it's a simple green robe. Dickens wrote that. Mm -hmm. And they've got the chipmunk who wears green playing this part. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot. I forgot Theodore wore green. Yeah, that makes sense. They put him in a red Santa suit, so it just looks like shorter Alvin in a Santa suit. Yeah. Shorter, chubbier Alvin. Shorter, chubbier Alvin. Yeah, that's the only reason I know it was Theodore is because he's a little wider and his voice is higher pitched because it's Janice Carmen doing the uh, Theodore voice. But fine, we get Santa Theodore. And inside his big bag are not toys, but a vision of Christmas as it is today. Just a big, weird fabric viewmaster. <laughs> Which first shows us a scene from Christmas morning as Alvin runs straight for the pile of presents under the tree. Of course it does. (laughs) A surprised Dave asks Alvin, did you deliver your papers yet? Because yes, they still print a newspaper on Christmas Day. Sometimes you have to work on Christmas. Sometimes. That's just it. I don't remember working on Christmas I don't know if I had my paper out then or not, but I don't remember working on Christmas for the paper out. Though I do remember working on some holidays, like maybe Thanksgiving or something like that. Right, because that is traditionally when you get the big tips, right? Well, everybody's asleep, so you don't see anybody. Usually Uh, when I I collected for the routes is when I got the tips. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But Alvin tells Dave that can wait until after he opens his presents. And at first I thought, come on, Dave, it's Christmas morning. And then I noticed the clock on the mantle of the fireplace. It's already 11 o'clock. What kid wants to sleep in on Christmas morning till 11? <laughs> I was notorious for sleeping in. Like Saturday mornings, I'd get up because of the cartoons, but I didn't want to get up anywhere I needed to. I could sleep till one, two, except Christmas morning. Except Christmas morning. I, I was up at three, four, five o'clock. I really right. just wa- looking at the clock. Oh, when can I get up? So my parents don't <laughs> yell at me. With uh, In my household, it was not before six. Yeah, that, that's about right for me, too. But I mean, I just remember sitting and looking at it. So one thing, the front yard of, or the front room of my parents' house, we used to have a little train set that my dad, my parents would put together and Santa would deliver. Right. And. Like some one year they did it extra big and my cousins were over, my adult, my older cousins were over helping them. And my dad said he remembered like finishing it up, going to bed, laying down. And as soon as he shut his eyes, he could hear me and my brother get up because it took him <laughs> so long to put it together. So that like we were up for the morning when uh, as soon as he shut his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> my wife has managed to convince my kids to stay in their rooms until we come get you on Christmas morning. You're not allowed out of your rooms except to go to the bathroom on Christmas morning because we don't know what time Santa comes. Oh. It's not right at midnight on the dot. It's a big time zone. Well, that's good thinking. Yeah, take notes. (laughs) You should have Mike's wife talk to your wife and your kid to get in that mindset now because you won't have to worry about that, Tom. 
we don't know. And you don't want to wake up and see nothing and get all worried. So Santa gets here when he gets here. But yeah, it's 11 o'clock in the morning when Alan finally gets to his pile of Christmas presents. Also, just above the clock, did you notice the picture on the wall of Dave and the Chipmunks and Dave's head is abnormally large? I didn't pick up on that. Oh, I think I missed that one. Oh, it's like, it's just weirdly drawn. The chipmunks on the show are depicted as being the same height as average human children. Only the movie series with Jason Lee shows them being the size of actual chipmunks. But this photo on the wall looks like he's holding them in the palms of his hand just off camera. It's just a weird perspective. I'm going to put, I'm going to put a picture in the show notes. Yeah, please do. Yeah. But Alvin's counting how many presents he got, and we see the clock change with the passes of time from 11 to 3, and he's still counting four hours later. But it's not a big pile of presents under the tree. It's a decent amount, and honestly, for a music producer who lives in a McMansion, I'd say it's a modest amount. Hmm. So there's no way Alvin just spent four hours counting the same pile of like a dozen boxes. And at least not opening them. No, he's not opening them. He's just, this one's for me, and this one's for me, and this one's for me. Hasn't opened a single one. Well, green swear that says with a T on it. That's got to be for me. <laughs> yeah. So I think this part might be some unreliable storyteller antics from this spirit of Christmas present. Because we zoom back out to his magic bag portal as Alvin watches himself. He's not even disturbed by it. His reaction is like, wow, look at all those presents I got. I had to double check to make sure this episode was released after Back to the Future Part 2, which taught us to never interact with yourself from another time, even if that time is the same day. And it was released afterward, but only by about three weeks. But I got a little nervous when Alvin tried to dive into the bag to join himself. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at his presents. Now, I don't think the the Ghost of Christmas present did as good of a job as Ghost of Christmas past for getting Alvin to change his thoughts. No, not not quite yet. Uh, This scene in the fake Santa Theodore of Christmas presents magic bag portal now changes to Mr. Carol's house. And this is where we start to see a little bit of change. Because Mr. Carol is sitting at home with his cat Ebenezer and gives the cat a cute little Santa hat and a little toy mouse. And then he tells him, my present should be waiting for me in my front porch by now. And his Christmas present is the newspaper. I don't know what I'd do without that newspaper. It's like having a whole bunch of visitors every single day telling me all about their troubles and their joys. The games they've won and the fights they've lost. (laughs) So they hinted earlier when we first met Mr. Carroll that he was a lonely old man with just his cat. But now we start to see just how extremely lonely he must be if his only connection with the outside world is reading the newspaper. And yelling at Alvin. And yelling at Alvin. Yeah, that scene just hurt, hit me hard. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to make fun of this, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make fun of it either. It's just like, wow. 
Yeah. I, it's like they were saying it up. Like, I thought they were setting it up. Even I told for him to be like you know, the mean, crotchety old. Yeah. He yells it out, so he must be bad. It was a nice twist, though. Yeah. But instead of getting angry, like we've seen him react to Alvin earlier, Mr. Carroll gets a bit sad when Alvin's busy counting his one pile of presents over and over again for four hours, so he didn't deliver his papers. And Mr. Carroll reasons, well, it is Christmas. I expect Alvin's busy with more important things. Shows how much you know Alvin, Mr. Carroll. Well, it is important to Alvin. Yeah. It is very important to him. But to Alvin's credit, after seeing this scene, he feels awful upon learning, along with the paper, he's about the only visitor Mr. Carroll ever gets. So we're already seeing his attitude turn around, right around when Scrooge's usually does, with the Tiny Tim scene. If not a little earlier. And he proves this by tying the magic bag portal back up after he hears himself singing, Me, 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 again. Uh. He's not quite fully redeemed yet, however, because right now he just doesn't want to talk about Christmas anymore. But the spirit of Christmas present tells him, sorry, you still got one more visitor. And he reopens his magic bag. We zoom in and cut to another commercial. And when we return, we come face to face with the spirit of Christmas yet to come. The dark, frightening figure. Wait, no, it's just Simon in a space outfit. I am the spirit of Christmas yet to come. I'm here to show you visions of your future. Simon Glam's <laughs> glammed up. Glammed up, yeah, because uh, yeah. he's from the future. It looks like a spacesuit with a little Santa Claus-style cape and hat. And rhinestones, I thought. And rhinestones. But the hat <laughs> also has rings to it to match the spacesuit. You know what it reminded me of? You ever see Mickey Mouse in a spacesuit outfit at Epcot? The rainbow one? The rainbow one. Yeah, huh? That's what this reminds me of, except instead of rainbows, it's Holly in a Santa cape. Yeah, I was I was like, I'm surprised they didn't really go dark, like with a darker color for this one. Yeah, like the joke is, well, I'm from Christmas future, so I'm dressed up like I'm from the future. Now, quick Christmas Carol question for you two guys. Okay. Uh, is it Ghost of Christmas pr- future or Christmas yet to come for it you guys? It is yet to come in the book. In the story. I I hear both ways and I'll do either one. But if you want to go purist on it's yet to come. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to get upset when people say future. No, not. No, I I listen to somebody else that gets kind of upset when it's (laughs) Christmas future instead of yet to come. So you're talking about Jack. Yes, I'm talking about Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jack. If I'm talking about the ghosts or the scenes in the future from the book, I'll say Ghosts of Christmas yet to come. But if I'm rapid firing off the ghosts, I'll say Christmas past, present, and, and future. Well, even Scrooge does at the end. So, like in the original story. Yeah. It just rolls off the tongue easier to do future than. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But even Simon introduces himself as the spirit of Christmas yet to come. He says, spirit, fine, whatever. And when Simon did that, I immediately thought of Jack. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jack from the Total Christmas podcast. Shout out to Jack. So Simon, the spirit of Christmas yet to come, gets ready to show Alvin visions of his future by pulling down a projector screen right out of thin air. I don't think we have that tech yet. When are we getting floating screens? Same day day we're getting all the stuff from Back to the Future. That's right. So eight years ago. 
Yeah. <laughs> but Alvin is now done with this. He'd rather finish his essay, which might be the most out of character thing he's done this whole episode. That's how much seeing Mr. Carroll's daily life affected him. He wants to do schoolwork now instead. But this spirit not only looks like Simon, but has his dry wit. You've been talking about yourself for hours. You must be exhausted. Allow me to talk about you for a while. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And he snaps his fingers, and the floating screen turns on with festive red and green static picture. That was a nice touch. (laughs) I noticed that, too. It looked like a a Freddy Krueger shirt. (laughs) Before giving us a glimpse of the future. And it doesn't look like it's too far in the future, because the first thing we see is Theodore baking, and he looks the same. So it's probably just next year. Yeah. It can't be too far in the future, no. No. And then Alvin himself walks through the door with a tall pile of presents, so he's not dead in this future. Still alive and well enough to go shopping by himself, and for himself. And only himself. Only himself. Theodore makes him an eggnog, but future Alvin apologizes that he didn't get Theodore anything, because everything he saw while out shopping was something he wanted. (sighs) And of course, this is a bit more extreme than what we're used to seeing, even for Alvin. Yeah. He may be greedy, but he's never been that greedy that he wouldn't even think of his own brothers. I kind of hinted at it earlier in the special, but yeah, it is out of character for him. Yeah, I guess so. Like, he was just counting which gifts were from him. He wasn't going over and to, like, Simon's pile of gifts and just like, I want that one. This is a bit extreme, but Theodore doesn't seem to care in this future. He's just looking forward to Christmas dinner with the family, which Theodore has prepared all by himself. And he opens the door to the dining room, and there's a whole spread he's prepared. An entire multi-course Christmas dinner prepared by a single pre-adolescent rodent. (laughs) (laughs) And it actually looks amazing. You know what? Theodore's the best chipmunk. I said it. Yeah. You won't starve with him around. That's right. So on this future Christmas, Dave and Simon went to the airport to pick up Dave's parents. But future Alvin doesn't even bother waiting for them to come back. He starts chowing down, starting with inhaling an entire loaf of bread in what sounds like a single bite. (laughs) He's like Kirby all around that table. Yeah. Look, I know chipmunks are fast eaters with the big teeth and all, but Alvin shoves a whole loaf of bread in his mouth. Two of them. Two of them? Two of them. There is another one on the other end of the table. Oh, of course. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's just going to each table setting, splashes a glass of water down his gullet, just goes around the entire table eating everything except (laughs) a bowl of Brussels sprouts. Don't (laughs) didn't eat those. Well, someone's got to like them if they made them. Yeah, Theodore does. I was going to say that. I don't think there's anything Theodore won't eat. So apparently there are two different cuts of this scene where Alvin goes around the table and eats everything. I read this on the uh, the Alvin and the Chipmunks wiki, which is called Monkopedia. <laughs> the one we watched shows Alvin going to each table setting and scarfing down whatever's there, whether it be on the plate or again, an entire loaf of bread. 
The other version, which Monkopedia says is the international dubbed version, apparently shows Alvin jumping up onto the table and eating everything and making a big mess. Oh, we kind of see the mess because it kind of cuts. Yeah. From him scarfing to, I think, to Theodore, then cuts back and you see the mess. Right. And just like that, future Alvin is now this very large, rotund figure. Yeah. Which it wasn't that big of a spread. Yeah. And there was no way that uh, he could have gained that fast. Right. <laughs> but- Although sometimes at those big holiday meals, it feels like you're gaining that fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem to bother Alvin in the present either, who, again, points out, hey, I didn't need everything. I left a whole bowl of Brussels sprouts. <laughs> because you don't like them, Alvin. By the way, I always liked Brussels sprouts. I never ate Brussels sprouts till I met my current wife. So, and she roasts them and they're just delicious. Yeah, you have to prepare them the right way. You got to roast them. Or y'all, if you have an air fryer, air fry some sprouts. Oh, yes. Olive oil and salt. That's it. They're great. Yeah. Anyway, we now see Grandma and Grandpa Seville arrive. Did you guys notice that um, uh, Dave and Simon were picking them up from the airport? But it's like they're here and Dave opens the front door like they're on the other side of it already. Yes. Did they get home and close the door forgetting they picked (laughs) up Dave's parents? David. What are you doing? <laughs> Oops, guess we should let him in. Where are those giant sized chipmunks that you live with? <laughs> you know, one that just became the size of Godzilla? Yeah, well. So if you watched the show before, Grandma and Grandpa Seville appeared in five episodes. This was their last appearance in all of Chipmunks canon. Oh, man. So we didn't even really see that. No, they only showed up. I mean, they had a whole episode dedicated to Grandma and Grandpa Seville, voiced by Ross Bagnasarian Jr. and Janice Carmen, because that's their baby. This whole franchise is their baby, and they keep a tight leash on it, which good. I took a minute to wonder whether Grandpa Seville was supposed to be the original Dave voiced by Ross Sr., but it doesn't look like him. Yeah. So there's only ever canonically been one Dave Seville. So this is not a cranky Kong situation. <laughs> so Ross Jr. may or may not be portraying his own grandfather here. <laughs> but future Alvin, the suddenly fattened one who just ate their entire dinner, stomps toward his grandparents shouting, what did you get me? Grandma! Grandpa! And jumps in for a hug, knocking an elderly couple down to the concrete. (laughs) Sumo style. Yeah, it looks like a brick stairway, actually. So his grandparents may or may not have concussions now. Man, that that graveyard scene's gonna be in this version after all. They are bandaged up in the next scene. Like, Grandpa's got on crutches and Grandma's got a sling on their arm. So they had to go to the hospital. They talk about talking to the doctor. It's still Christmas. Even Simon, who was in front of them, has a bandaged up head. (laughs) So now Big Alvin has seriously injured three family members on Christmas. And again, ate all their food. So you have... Was it crackers and water, right? Crackers and water. That's all they got left. 
But future Alvin is again too preoccupied with counting his gifts. He might have legit OCD counting. It's the counting thing or he's a vampire, but he doesn't actually open any of them again. He just likes to count them, make sure he's got a lot. And in this reality, they're all for him. Because as Simon says, we knew you would like it that way, Alvin. Yes. And they're just so tired. Because it's all about you, Alvin. Yep. It's all about you. But he does pause a moment to ask when the doctor told Grandma and Grandpa they'd be better. And Grandpa says they should be better by April. So Alvin says, great, y'all can expect my list for next Christmas on May 1st. And then he sumo bounces them again. Then he sumo bounces them again. He's so excited about his grandparents shopping for him in May. He jumps for joy. But because he's obese now, having eaten for six whole people in one day, that's apparently enough to cause a mini earthquake, sending the grandparents flying off the couch, (laughs) which causes a chain reaction that sends the entire house crumbling down on them. (laughs) Sure, why not? Kids, the moral of a Christmas carol is don't overeat for six people or you will inadvertently destroy your home and kill everyone you love. (laughs) So Alvin does eventually die. Just we don't see it because Simon turns off the screen right as we see the house come crumbling down. And now Alvin is legit concerned. Is that really how I'm going to end up? Which at first sounds a little, little vain on him there. A little vain, a little skeptical. But future spirit space Santa Simon assures him it will be as long as he only thinks of Christmas as a time for getting. And here's where Alvin swears he'll only think of Christmas as a time to give from now on. And we get the usual shot of our Scrooge figure shouting, I'll change over and over again as the scene changes to the next morning. And he's hanging on to his desk leg. That's right, and sure enough, it looks like Simon and Theodore did sleep somewhere else to let Alvin work on his essay, which he still hasn't done, by the way. (laughs) And again, this is different because it's Christmas Eve morning in this story. Yeah. So it's his last chance to finish it, and he immediately sits down and begins to write. By the way, he does a very TV trope thing where he speaks aloud to himself as he's writing. The True Meaning of Christmas by Alvin Seville. Last night, I discovered the truth about Christmas. Have you ever done that? I've muttered to myself aloud while writing. Like, here, I gotta do this. <laughs> like, when I'm writing lists and stuff like that. Okay. So he's, he's just muttering sounds. He's not really muttering what he's writing. No. He's just basically complaining about having to write. Yeah, no. Alvin is like narrating his own writing. The trope is called sounding it out. But I don't think I've ever done that or seen someone do it. Yeah, I don't. I don't ever remember doing it either. It almost sounds like he's writing a Christmas story too. Yeah, it kind of does. My old man was the ghost of Christmas past. Well, <laughs> uh, sure he was, Alvin. <laughs> but next we pan across the neighborhood, and it looks like it snowed in Southern California. It's a weird snow. We see it on rooftops and in big clumps on top of palm trees, but not on every tree. There's still a lot of green on the ground. Maybe the riders ran out of ink. That's that's it. Then it would be whiter. I don't know. (laughs) 
but they acknowledge how weird it is in the show. Simon says he verified it with the weather service. This is apparently the first time it's ever snowed in their town. And not so fast, Simon. You want to know the last time it snowed in Southern California? When? Last, last week. This year, February 2023, L.A. County got a snowstorm. But what about 1989 when this was released? Well, it is rare, but even when it happens, it's usually only a dusting. 1989, I don't think they got much snow. The record snowfall for Los Angeles proper is two whole inches in 1932. At least they're not in Lake Tahoe. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 650 plus inches. Yeah, get, get that lake snow. But for Simon to say it's never snowed there before, nah, dude. Yeah. Thought you were the smart one, Simon. Yeah. He's only as smart as the writers are. That's yeah. it. There does look to be about two inches, maybe a little more, on Dave's front lawn. It's enough for them to build a full-sized snowman and still, and still have, have snow, snow on the ground. ground. Yeah. And Alvin finally runs outside to wish his family Merry Christmas. And he's got his essay in one hand and his piggy bank in the other. Says he's got a hand in his essay first, which I guess does involve going to school and turning it in on Christmas Eve. I don't know any school person that nope. wants to be there on Christmas Eve. But he did. It's probably the gym. Yeah, check him with sure, the gym. I'll, I'll <laughs> give it to your teacher. Yeah. Whatever, kid. Tosses him. He gives Dave a hug, too, in this in this scene, too. He does. He was never not affectionate to Dave. But usually it's like, please, it's like when he's begging. But, of course, this leaves his brothers dumbfounded because Alvin, thinking of others, as he's going to turn in his paper, then do some shopping and finally, quote, spread joy and happiness to others. So this must not must not be in the same timeline as a Christmas as a chipmunk Christmas then. No, probably not. Something has <laughs> changed. That's an alternate universe where they live in a Victorian in New York. But we quickly see Alvin empty his piggy bank to buy a bunch of gifts before we end with a montage of Alvin decorating his house to the tune of a song called Here Comes Christmas. Actually, I thought this was a pretty catchy tune. I like this tune. Yeah. yeah. And they later released it on several Chipmunks Christmas albums, but this is the first recording of it that we hear in the special. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't go back to the Chipmunks song for uh, the end of this episode. No, they already played it. They want to do something new for this. We see Alvin slide down his staircase railing with a string of garland, which I never got to do because I grew up in a split-level house. And now I own a bungalow, so no stairs. But that looks like a fun way to hang your decorations and hopefully not get injured. <laughs> Break your leg, arm, or neck. <laughs> yeah. We had a banister that I used to slide down. Did you? Yeah. It was, I like slide down like, you know, like a, a fire pole. <laughs> and um, we couldn't do that during Christmas time because there was garland on there. No, I mean, I tried to. On my short split level one down one half of it, but wasn't there wasn't much of a thrill to that. 
Then we see Alvin helping Theodore in the kitchen baking cookies. He helps Simon move his finished sock sorting machine. Remember that? Looks like he finished it. All right. Thank you, Alvin. Then Alvin fills everyone else's stockings. And then he delivers Mr. Carroll his newspaper wrapped in a bow. And then I guess he invites him over because he takes Mr. Carroll by the hand and walks him down his front walkway, which I'm assuming Alvin also shoveled, maybe? There's snow on either side, but the walkway shoveled. It could be a warm warm sidewalk and just never collected yeah. on the sidewalk. <laughs> Mr. Carroll's got a heated sidewalk. So Mr. Carroll and Ebenezer the cat spend Christmas Eve at Dave's. Dave plays piano while Alvin waves out the window to his grandparents who arrive by themselves in this version. I guess they got a taxi from the airport in this reality. We had to take a taxi. But the final scene is everyone gathered around the table, raising their glasses of eggnog and shouting, Merry Christmas, Alvin! Still all about Alvin right in the end. We only kind of learned something. Yep. Well, Alvin doesn't reflect it back on him like he would normally have done earlier. No, he he does end with Merry Christmas, everybody. And that's it. I I was hoping for a Tiny Tim quote there. Yeah. (laughs) God bless us, everyone. No, that would have been nice. Yeah. But any final thoughts on Alvin and the Chipmunks version of A Christmas Carol? Um, Even seeing it as a kid, I still don't think it would have been an annual view in my house. No, it was fun to watch, and I'll probably return to it at some point. But If it it came on during Christmas time, I would watch it, but I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I've got it on a DVD, and that's I throw DVDs in when I'm doing stuff during Christmas. So sometimes I'll just let it run, and it's on. And yeah, it's not my must that I I have to watch this every year. But if it's on, yeah, I'll enjoy it. It's it, it, it's enjoyable. Yeah, it's, it's not in not enjoyable. It's just not one of those that stick with you so much that you get, have to watch it every year, like a Chipmunk Christmas or Garfield Christmas or uh, yep. Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, certainly not the weirdest adaptation of A Christmas Carol I've watched, but it's definitely different. It was good to watch the old Chipmunks cartoon again. I watch their specials a lot, and the Chipmunk Adventure movie is a hit with my wife and me. But I haven't watched an episode of the show in a long time, so this was nice. Yeah, it was. But thank you both for being here when I gave you a call and bringing your all. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Well, thanks for having us. It's always fun to discuss shows with you and your guests, Mike, and I appreciate everything you do. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's the best. I enjoy it also. Thanks, y'all. Well, if people want to run over your six random flowers you call a garden, where can they find you on the internet? Tom? Um, I'm on Twitter at the Pop Daddy. I'm also on uh, YouTube, youtube.com slash Tom. I usually... Uh, Upload content weekly, reviews uh, of movies, foods, pet, uh, baby products, things like that. Um, I've been doing a lot of shorts lately, which are between 15 and 60 seconds. Those seem to be a lot of uh, traction, so a lot of people are enjoying those. So that's where you can find me. And Sean? Uh, you can find me at christmaspodcast.com. That's the main website they use for me. Twitter, it's uh, christmaspods. Um, Facebook and um, Instagram also at Christmas pods there. 
So christmaspodcast.com has the links to everywhere. You can find me there. Yes. Be sure to visit both of those links, as well as my own online whereabouts in the show notes of this episode and at Advent Calendar House. Thank you both again. And thank you for joining us for another Scrooge Sunday. And don't miss our next exciting Christmas episode in just a couple of days. Until then, for Tommy Coombs and Sean Sotka, from underneath a mountain of crumpled up sheets of paper with maybe one sentence each written on them in erasable pencil, (laughs) this is Mike Westfall reminding you to please watch out for that icy patch. Good night. Next time on the Advent Calendar House. Join me and the Power Rangers for music that will make your holidays more phenomenal. <laughs>